Whiskey Business is brought to you by the law offices of Saya and Pyatt and by Marcus Crosswoods Theater. Just because may be one of my favorite phrases. Why did you go there? I don't know, just because. Why are you reading that book? Just because. Are you having whiskey already? It's not even noon. Why? Just because. I know it's not an answer. It's more of a frame of mind. And quite frankly, while it may not be an answer, it does qualify as a response. And sometimes, people, that's all you need. Hi, I'm Dino Tripodis, and welcome to Whiskey Business, a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. And tonight, we actually get into some whiskey business. Why? Just because. Yeah. Here's the deal. Our guest bottle, it will be guest bottles. This will be the first time, Hansberry, we've had repeat guest bottles because there's a lot of them on the table tonight because I have two guests with me this evening and what was supposed to be just a hangout night, I decided to turn into a podcast. Brian Stumpo and a former guest, Chuck Lombardo, who you might remember from our baseball podcast, our, our friend who went on, a, how many how many cities did you go to that one time? Oh man, I don't even remember. I think it was like nine and nine. Nine days, and nine days, crazy, like that, yeah. and you're getting ready to do a whole West Coast swing this year. West Coast swing, seven games, ten days. Yeah, that's well, that'll be another podcast down the line, but these two gentlemen, we've always talked about just coming into my house and just pouring some bourbons and just, you know, shooting the shit, and I thought, well, why let that go to waste? So welcome to tonight's podcast, uh, For the Love of Whiskey, or aka Bourbon Babble, <laughs> tonight. So some of the bourbons we have, the one you have right now, gentlemen, right now, is one from an, uh, Hansberry, I think this is one we had with Jerry Elliott. This is the Old Scout, and it's the Old Scout 7-year, which I don't even think they make anymore. Um, I think they stopped making the 7. They went straight to the 9, and um, uh, it's, it's from Smooth Ambler. It's one of my favorites, so I must think a lot of you two because obviously I have a limited supply. I have this bottle that I just opened and another bottle to back it up. And if I ever run across any on the shelves, I grab it. But um, so cheers. cheers. Welcome to my humble abode. And uh, here we go. Gentlemen, welcome to Whiskey Business. Chuck, you've been here before. Stumpo, this is your first time. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Now, your dad's a big bourbon drinker. Yeah, it's my fault. Yeah. Oh, is it your fault? Yeah. You got yeah. your dad turned on to bourbon? Yeah. So he was a scotch drinker. So was I. And uh, it, was, uh, it was about... Well, shit, it was like almost two years ago right now. Uh, I was in Kroger because uh, my wife, <laughs> we're having one of those days on a Sunday, and she says, uh, take your son and get out for at least an hour. She says this to your... To me. To you. Take your son and get out. I need oh. you away for, for an hour. So we went to Kroger, and uh, we had to do some grocery shopping, and I found myself wandering through the liquor department, and uh, the, the woman there says... Anything you're looking for? I'm like, oh, I'm looking for something I never had before. And uh, she was like, well, I got a bottle of Blanton's up there. Oh, I'm boy. like, I don't know what that is. I took a picture of it and I sent it to you. Yeah. And uh, you, you said something like, oh, it's uh, that's really smooth. That's a nice sipper. It's, it's a good, good one. And and I looked at the price. It's 55 bucks. 
I'm a scotch drinker, so that's that's nothing for scotch. So I bought it and I sat on it until Father's Day. And Dad and I cracked it on Father's Day and fell in love with it. And then, yeah, and now it's 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 become yeah. one of the harder to get whiskeys here in Ohio, yeah. anyway, which I've bitched about before. We yeah. get the smallest allocation of uh, of good yeah. whiskeys than I think any state in the union. And once I'm in office, gentlemen, <laughs> whenever that day comes, I will I will rectify that situation. But yeah, Blanton's is a good one. Yeah, it's a good. I see. I didn't put Blanton's on here because I know you've had Blanton's. Yeah. I tried to go from some of the previous bottles to pick a selection of whiskeys that uh, maybe you haven't had, but that we've had on whiskey right. business. So it's kind of a revisit for us. Do you like the old Scout Hansberry? Yeah. It's sweet. Yeah, it's very sweet. Hansberry's been sick. Well, actually, no, he hasn't been. He's been sick, and he's also been on a cleanse. And uh, yeah, it's well, great for cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now is your dad off the scotch, or does he still go back to scotch? No, he he still does scotch, um, but uh, I think he's drinking more whiskey now, a, a lot more. Like, well, I get I get text messages from. It's like you and your old man. You you go to Pennsylvania and. And you text me like um, I'm going to this liquor store and that liquor store, uh, and, yeah. and and you'll send me pictures. Uh, you picked me up a bottle of Yellowstone when yep. you were on the road, which yep. was which is wonderful, by the way, and has not been on whiskey business yet. We'll have to have that one on the show. Yellowstone, it's really really good. Chuck, what about you? Where'd you uh, how'd you start drinking uh, whiskey? When did you start drinking whiskey? Oh man, if I could nail down the actual time when I started drinking whiskey, that's that would be like a major undertaking, but. I would probably have to say the the most memorable moments, um, just the uh, the little small neighborhood bars, and it just became one of those things. You know how you move from, you know, everyone just drinks a a Miller Light or a Coors Light, or you know, just your obligatory light beer that they serve everywhere in Ohio, and you move into something a little bit harder, and it's like, oh, bourbon. Now I remember, I distinctly remember the first time I had. Straight whiskey. What was it? It was Jack Daniels. Uh It was, I believe it was a green label. Oh, that was the Jack Green. Frank Frank Sinatra's favorite, by the way. Jack Green. That's the youngest of the Jacks. The youngest Jack. That is the youngest of the Jacks. I did not know that. Yes, it is. Um, I had, it was my buddy and I, we were in his parents' basement. We watched Pulp Fiction (laughs) when it first came out. And he and I polished off a bottle of Jack Daniels Green. By the just the two of you? Yeah. Yeah. That was my first experience with whiskey. And how old were you? God, that's all right. I, I want to say. Not of the no, proper drinking age not that in the Jack great Daniels state of Ohio. prefers. No, yeah. no, not in the great state of Ohio. I believe his older sister might have bought it for us. Uh-huh. So it was uh, it was a hot mess. So that was, was So was that also the first time you got drunk? Probably. No, 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 no. They're, they're, you can only get so drunk with Miller Lite. You know what I mean? I don't know if it was something that we just did on the East Coast, but we, we grew up with alcohol. Like Not not like you're getting drunk, but at, you know, at, at parties and, you know, not parties, but like Christmas or Easter or whatever, everybody got a little thimble full of wine. So, right. You know, I, I had alcohol my whole life. That's so. and that's that's I think that's that's ethnic families, the yeah. Greeks, the Italians. You know, the, the, that's it's it, it wasn't such a taboo no. type of thing. Consequently, I and we could discuss this to to the cows come home, but consequently, I I think that's almost better because as you're growing up as a kid, don't you think that you know 
every time you're told not to have something, what's your first inclination? Uh, yeah. I mean, to have it, you know, but when it's kind of brought into your you world it. and it's not this forbidden fruit, right. then all of a sudden it's not that big of a deal because yeah. we grew up the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did not. My first, so my first, let me ask you, what was the first thing you got sick on? Drinking? Yeah. <laughs> and I, uh, Chivas. Chevis Regal. Yeah. What? Well, excuse me. <laughs> uh, no, we were um, Scotch. Yeah, it was uh, by yourself or with your old man. No, I was with my buddy. Uh, we were fishing at a, a friend of the family's. He had a house on a on a quarry lake, and uh, his his dad owned the house. It was his fishing house. They kept it fully stocked with alcohol and beer and stuff like that. We were just fishing on the lake, and he's like, it's "My house, you know, whatever you want." And so, you know, we're like, "Well, let's uh, start drinking." So we. We're doing shots of Chivas. Shots uh, of Chivas. Oh. <laughs> well, they're not the first time I drank, but it was the first time I got uh, yeah, sick I drunk. I, I, I've never done, I don't ever recall doing shots of scotch. <laughs> What's it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> you, know, you know, let's do a shot of scotch. You know, no. Uh, Irish whiskey, Jack Daniels, you know, whatever the case might be. Chuck, what about you? First time you got really sick. I I do remember this. Of course, we all do. Yeah, yeah. It was... um. So I, I grew up in Cleveland, and there was this hole in the wall. I know I say hole in the wall, little bars, but that's I mean well, that's okay. what we had. It's where I spent my time, and there was this hole in the wall little bar. And I was maybe twenty, and uh, knew the bartender. Just where my friends and I all hung out. I had the brilliant idea to go up and order. Long Island iced teas. <laughs> so I ordered a pitcher. Of Long Island iced teas. Brought it back to the table, and I was assuming that everyone was going to share it with me. <laughs> Nobody wanted any. Uh-uh. So I sat there. I did what I would thought, what I think everyone would do is just put a straw in the pitcher of Long Island iced teas, and I drank the pitcher of Long Island iced teas through, through a straw, straw. Through a straw. Through a straw. Yeah. I was not feeling well. I guess not. No, no. I, I remember... Falling asleep underneath a payphone in a Perkins restaurant. Ah, <laughs> nice. My closest friends all know that story, and now the world now the world knows, knows. that story. Yeah, well, I that wasn't a Perkins for me. It was uh, an LB's Big Boy, which we also know as Frisch's around here, and it was Uzo for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking because I had prior to the Uzo. I was drinking beer, and we used to go across the the river to West Virginia, and we'd get our our seven sevens, you know, and those were like, you know, no big deal. But for some reason, we started drinking Uzo, and and uh, I I remember you know ordering the the uh, the the it was called the Slim Jim sandwich. It was, uh, <laughs> it, was it was a Slim Jim sandwich. It was a baked ham and Swiss cheese, and it was my favorite sandwich. And I remember when they brought it out, and I was like, we were hammered and then they brought it out and they sat it down in front of me and it just started moving <laughs> and I, said, I gotta go and i remember just just lying in that bathroom at the big boy just praying to the porcelain god at that point to make it stop make it stop and it took me a long time before i got back to, to Uzo. it's but that it, was my first my first 
sick drunk. It, it's almost as if like you're holding on so that way you don't spin off the earth. That's how bad it gets. Yeah. It's, uh, I've been there. Been and it there. seems like that it seems like everybody has their their rite of passage. Hansberry, I'm curious about you. So take the mic for a second and tell me what was was it like last Thursday? <laughs> yeah, funny, funny. I can't recall a specific the first time, but uh, Jim Beam was was my college roommate and, and my drink of choice. The other one that I can't drink to this day is is like uh, any rum, white rum, spice rum. Uh, one of my friends brought back a bottle of uh, rum from the DR, and uh, we just polished the whole thing off one night. And uh, the next morning, one of that had to be good rum, though. So you bring up a you bring up a good question um, off your list. What's off your list? What can't you drink anymore? Uh, I I can't uh, I can't really do Zambuca. Actually, no. The the one I the honest the one I took off my list is uh, is Jägermeister. Jägermeister. Woo. Yeah. 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 I can still do Jäger. I don't want to, but I could. I still can. Chuck, what's off the list? Jäger. Jäger's off your off list. The list. Really? I what? can count on one hand the total number of times I've been sick. And Jäger accounts for two of those five times. Um, for me, it's da 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 Tequila. Tequila. I still, no. You know, I was, uh, and I blame, oh, this is a road story. Not even a road story. It was in Columbus. Comedian Vic Henley, if you ever get a chance to see him, just very, very funny uh, guy. And he was a big tequila drinker, and he's an Alabama boy. And we were drinking tequila and uh, not my drink of choice, but I'm trying to be sociable. Right. And we were just slamming tequila after tequila. And I remember to this day, it was one of the most hysterical things I ever saw before, you know, things took a bad turn. But he burped. He erped, okay? And he 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 burped and he didn't it he didn't throw up. <laughs> but whatever he burped up was just Landed right here. On, he like he went burp, okay, and something came out and was right here on the left side of his shirt, and it sat there and was it was almost uh, gelatin like, and it was just and it's and it didn't move. It was it was like it was like a tequila brooch right there on his shirt, and 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 he was just kept on talking, telling stories in his Alabama accent, and laughing, ha ha ha. So, and this thing just kept moving, like, and it never budged. And I'm like, oh my! And they're like, what are you looking at? I go, look, look, look. And he just sat there, and he went. He looked down on it. And he goes, oh yeah. And he kept on talking. You know. But then I went home, and well, I assume I went home. No recollection of getting home. Uh, cautionary tales, my friends. No recollection of getting home. Uh, waking up on the living room floor. No idea how I got there. I don't think I drove home. Somebody had to have driven me home, but my car was there, but I had no recollection of driving it. And I, and wow. I did find out that somebody did drive me home who lived in the neighborhood, so thank God for that. Which brings up uh, a good time to mention our sponsors, huh? <laughs> Shall we? Yeah, so we mention our sponsors, the law offices of Say and Pyatt, uh, located in Columbus, Delaware, Cleveland, and Mount Gilead. You can contact them at splaws.com or at, conveniently, 888 OVIOhio.com or call them 614-444-3036. A hundred plus years of collective experience and a reputation for results. Contact them for a free consultation today. 
uh, award-winning lawyers. If you get into that uh, DUI, they are some of the best DUI attorneys in the state of Ohio. Like I said, award-winning lawyers, and they do everything else too, divorces, et cetera, et cetera, if one should lead to the other. <laughs> <laughs> When when I when I think about uh, drinking now as as an adult, we had our crazy days where it seemed like you know just going out and getting hammered was the thing to do. Right. I don't know why why we go through those juvenile years where that's the goal, but I don't think that's the case so much anymore. Now it has truly become. And we're about ready to switch bottles now uh, after this after this little bit of conversation and go to another another taste. But I, I think now it, it has become a more respectable social thing for me. I don't, you know, drink to get drunk. I don't, I don't see the, I don't see I don't see the joy in that anymore. Right. Do you, do you agree with me? Yeah. And you know you've become more sophisticated now in your in your bourbons. You're you're kind of you know discovering new tastes and and new flavors and. And is that is that part of it for you now, just to discover what you like and 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 and? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Because uh, I mean, you know, I don't want to drink the same thing all the time, but I do want to like try different things and experience different flavor combinations. See what? Uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it. You know, what? Oh, I like this bourbon. This tastes good. It's got a lot of you know, a lot more vanilla, a little less smoke compared to that one. Or, you know, I don't know. It's just it's a different thing now. The end result's going to be the end result sometimes. Yeah, I mean, that happens. I yeah. mean, we've got, I've got no less than five or six bottles out here that we're going to sample, and you did the right thing. You guys, you guys, I think it's adorable. You guys, you guys Ubered together. That was, uh, that's, that's, I think that's cute as hell. Uh, but that's the smart thing to do if we should imbibe a little bit more. But I, I guess my point is to get drunk is not the objective. Oh, no. I mean, no. it may happen. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've been here on Whiskey Business where we've gone through, the whole bottle yeah. and I'm like okay you know the podcast is over but we're staying right where we're at for a while um chuck what about you do you do you agree i completely agree i mean you know a lot of times for me it's just like tonight you know trying uh some of these whiskeys that i've never tried before it's uh it's like the anticipation of what's that flavor profile going to be you know what am i going to remember from it and then how am i going to take that to grow my palate and my tastes. We discussed this on your podcast. You are are still studying to be a sommelier. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So do you apply some of the same principles of of wine tasting to bourbon? Oh, absolutely. You can apply the same principles. I mean, you're you know, there's a difference between tasting and drinking, and I have to remind guys that a lot when, you know, if we're sitting around and I'm practicing, air quotes guys, practicing. Um practicing um tasting wines you know it's you have to do it in a manner in which you are trying to experience every different flavor that's going on in your mouth on your palate you know the different aromas on the nose and how long it lingers everything around that taste and it's really about that singular taste and then you know what you've experienced in moving on yeah so, yeah, you taste it. You taste it. And then if you like it, you taste it again. You taste it again. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, bottle number two for tonight. Uh, a previous guest bottle on the show. Welcome back, uh, Henry McKenna. Ten-year, single-barrel Henry McKenna. McKenna, 
I remember I liked this one because it sounded like a cop. <laughs> tonight, tonight on McKenna. Um, yeah, 10 years old. Uh, Brian, you mentioned that you ran across an article about uh, good bourbons, $30 and under. Yep. It was like yep. a top 10. Yep. Yeah, this would be one of them. It rages about 27 bucks. Um, did you already take a sip? I did. And did you pick up anything? Well, let me ask the sommelier. Did you pick up anything there, uh, Mr. Sommelier, as far as flavors? I'm kind of curious. Because uh, it's got a nice palate that comes right at you. I taste cherry, but that's me. I taste cherry. <clears throat> that's exactly what I was going to say, cherry. See, I, didn't, I never picked up cherry. I picked up vanilla, vanilla and definitely. some cinnamon and the butterscotch in this one. It's nice. It's from the folks at Heaven Hill and uh, same people that put out the Evan Williams products. And um, it's got a nice long finish. I haven't even had mine yet, but I remember because I've had some recently. So um, I'm going to have some now. But I was just curious. When you got Hansberry, you've had this one before. You've had them all. This kid, this kid is getting a bourbon tutorial. Uh, well, yeah, he's getting, he's, 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 uh, he'll, by t whenever this podcast finishes, you know, when it runs its course. My own small But um, yeah. You know, we 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 preach and thank God we're going back to some bourbons that because the first couple of bourbons out of the gate this year have been like eighty and eighty five dollar bourbons, oh, wow. and I always say like, hey, you don't need to spend that much money to get a good bourbon, which is true. Do you find that and find that in wine? You don't have to buy the most expensive to get the best thing. No, absolutely. There are some fantastic bottles of wine that are very reasonably priced. I mean, twenty five dollar, thirty dollar price points. You can get same in thing with bourbon. Excellent same bottle thing of wine. With bourbon. I mean, that's a good question. Do you have an everyday whiskey? Well, for me, it's uh, Jim Beam Black Label. I like the Jim Beam Black Label. It's 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 a nice everyday. There's nothing fancy about it. It's not going to knock your socks off. It's just a it's nice, good standard. It's, it's it's like a favorite pair of socks. Yeah, yeah. Shirt, it's comfortable. T-shirt. Yeah, you know it. You're familiar with it. It doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to to keep it in stock. I think it's very important to have in an everyday yeah. whiskey. What about you, Stumpo? Yeah. Well, I, I or Brian, I should say. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Uh, well, I Stumpo, had a... you sound you sound you sound like you know something a character that got cut out of the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been called Stumpo my whole life, so it's like it's what I when people call me Brian, I don't know who are you talking to. It's not. <laughs> McKenna and Stumpo. <laughs> Tonight on TNT, <laughs> McKenna Stumpo. McKenna. <laughs> a hard-nosed detective <laughs> who's partnered up <laughs> with, a, with, a, with, a, with a hobbit. <laughs> I'm short. I'm not that short. <laughs> and I don't really have big... I have small feet. Come on. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Well, I, I had... Uh, I like Buffalo Traces oh. every day, but you can't... It's so hard to get. Yeah. So I picked up a bottle of Elijah Craig about a week ago. That was the whiskey we had on your podcast. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, How's that for memory? Uh, See, yeah, I, but I I'm en I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's a great it's a great everyday whiskey. You know, it's it's approachable. You can get it. It's not hard to come across. Uh, I also picked up. I had a bottle of uh, a bullet. It's all right. It's all right. It made good bourbon balls. Okay, because I'm still trying to warm up to the bullet. I like the bullet rye more than I like the I bullet. Do, yeah. Bourbon. The bourbon, yeah. Um, and don't take offense, Hansberry, but the, the but bullet. but the the kids the kids seem to like the bullet. The the millennials it's, seem to it's like the, the thing bullet. these days to mix everything. Yeah. Every old fashioned or Manhattan, you go somewhere and try to get it. The, would you like with bullet? 
you bring up a good point. What do you guys think of the current uh, craft cocktail craze as far as I, I, I like it in the respects that it is teaching a younger generation uh, some of the finesse and, and beauty of some classic cocktails. But, you know, when it's all about the craft cocktail, you know, it doesn't have to be a craft cocktail every time. Right. I'm a simple man. You give me a good whiskey and you give me a little bit of ice or neat, whatever the case might be, and I'm good. But I do like the fact that they are learning uh, about, you know, the history of, of good cocktail making. I think it really became a lost art for a long time. <clears throat> so many places you'd go it was just, you know, beer, shot, mix it with some Coke. That was about as far as you could get. I mean, now some of these bars you go to, uh, and they have the craft cocktails. And, and I don't like the over-the-top craft cocktail bar, but I enjoy having a bartender that knows how to make a proper cocktail. No. Yeah, it's an art. Yeah, it, is. it is. It is. And whoever knows how to do it properly, I mean, when you see somebody really make an old-fashioned, I mean, really take their time and, and do it right, you know, and I always, I always watch to see bartenders too when they, uh, you know, when I, when they get a drink, you know, you're supposed to uh, pour the whiskey first, mm-hmm. then the ice, you know, and I, and I always look at the, I was okay, he's new, you know, <laughs> he, he's, he's just learning how to do this. He huh. didn't, you know, so and I make the same mistake too. I always fucking fill it up with ice first. Sometimes I don't care. I'm at home. Yeah, you know, I'm not trying to impress anybody, but. When I see somebody, when I see a bartender pour the whiskey in first mm-hmm. and then put the ice in, I go, okay, I'm with a pro. I know this person knows what they're doing. But, but how do they do that and put the giant fucking ball in? Mm-hmm. You know, you try and drop the giant ball in, it just shoots freaking whiskey everywhere. I'm not a bartender. <laughs> That's what I don't get. I don't get. I'm not a bartender. Do you, I like the big cubes, though. Normally okay. we have the big cubes because we're always nursing one particular yeah. type of, of whiskey. Um, have you guys ventured out of the country? Have you tried any of the the Japanese whiskeys? I have. I have one. Um, Suntory? Oh, my God. I can't remember which one I had. Uh, I had That's a, the one that pops into mind. We haven't had any Japanese whiskeys on the show, Hans, but I have, we will. I have to see a picture of it. We were uh, it was up in my friend's house in Michigan back in May. And oh, my God, did we drink whiskey that weekend. Um but on his birthday party, he was, he was turning 40, so on his birthday party night, he got a lot of bottles of whiskey. And uh, one of them was a, was a Japanese one. And it was it was okay. It, it was kind of bitter. I, I don't know. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't anything I was like, oh, I, I can't wait to have this again. Uh, <clears throat> I, had, I had that Nika. Nika. The, the coffee, coffee still. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff was smooth. Yeah, that's a it good was, one. It was really good. That's really a good. good one too. It was though. It, I mean, higher price point. I mean, it was probably sure. going for sixty-five, probably seventy yeah. a bottle, that something like that. Right. Yeah. But it was, it was worth the money as long as you're not gonna, you know, sit down and split it with a buddy one night. You know, make it last a little. Yeah, the Japanese take their whiskey very, very seriously, and um, <laughs> I think they've actually bought some of the distillers that we ha- we have here. Yeah, they bought Four Roses. Jim Beam. Uh, yeah. Did they really? They bought Jim Beam. They bought Jim Beam too? Yeah. Well, you know. Nothing sacred. <laughs> <laughs> no, God bless them. I mean, if they're if they're buying it for uh, the good reasons. I mean, I know that they, 
when they bought Four Roses, they, you know, the the yellow label, speaking of, of, of bourbons that are $25 and under, the yellow label Four Roses is a great everyday whiskey. It used to, it, it used to be a shit whiskey. Huh. It used to be the rot gut. And then they went back to the original uh, recipe, as it were, and now it's a now it's a really good good whiskey. So we 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 bow with respect to our Japanese friends and say thank you, thank you, thank you very much. All right, guest bottle number three, or former guest bottle number three. Actually, we've never really done this one separately, Hansberry. This was brought to us by um, a podcast guest. I should say guests, Leanne Sims and Blair Beavers, who have the Columbus Craft Cocktail Tour and also a board game, which I have back there called the the Bourbon Run, which is a fun bourbon board game. Yes, fun for the whole family. Well, maybe not the whole family. <laughs> but um, she turned me on to very old Barton. This is a uh, a whiskey from Kentucky. Bourbon whiskey, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, 90 proof. Um, and it is bottled by the Barton Distilling Company right there in Frankfurt. And uh, I'm curious, gentlemen, what do, you, what do you think of it? It's smooth. It's smooth. It's very smooth. The sommelier seems to have an issue with it. I personally think it's it's a great little fun. Go ahead. It's just not my favorite. That's all. It's not your favorite. It's not my favorite. It's a, it has a little, a little bit thicker yeah. content and body to it. It kind of, it sits on the tongue a little bit longer than yes, I would normally does. like. So it's just, it's not my style of whiskey. Okay, but when I tell you that it's only eleven dollars a bottle, it just became my style. Of whiskey. <laughs> And that you could pick up a handle of it <laughs> for $28 a bottle. But the thing is, you know, yeah, if you guys are in Kentucky and wander into and you see, pick me up a bottle oh, of yeah. very old Barton, because oh, yeah. that is a great everyday whiskey for the price. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for $11 between, a bottle. Between yeah. $11 and $14 a bottle. Yeah. They turned us on to that. Now, then they also brought us a bottle of old Pogue, which was very expensive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's that? You guys? We, we we actually had old Pogue at his house before we came down. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Now that one's that's 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 nice. Yeah. So you guys were drinking before you got here? Eh, Just one. <laughs> uh, so you were at Chuck's house before you came here? Yeah. Did, who picked up who? Uh, I drove to his house and then we rode down. And then you rode down together. Yeah. So yeah, you guys are out. You guys are out of your homes on a on a Tuesday night. It's Tuesday, right, Hansbury? It's Tuesday. Yeah. It's a Tuesday night, and uh, you're both married. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, obviously, very understanding wives. Wives are fantastic, man. Yeah, I don't yeah. Get mine out too is. Often. Yeah, <laughs> huh? I don't get out too often, so you know. Although I think she thinks I do, but I don't understand how that is. I'm always home. Yeah. So what? So well, what? What? What made tonight an exception? Uh, well, we when you brought it up uh, about a what? When was it? A couple no, weeks one, ago. Couple weeks ago, uh, I just said, hey. Uh, Dino wants to do a bourbon night. We've been talking about it for a while, and this is when it's going to happen. And she said, okay. She likes me. Yeah. Yeah. So She does. That helps. We take care. You, you know why she likes me. I know. Well, I mean, I, I like to think she just likes me just because I'm a nice person. Well, that, there's that. You, yeah. know. you are a nice person. That's yeah. why she likes you. But, uh, you know, but so, so, so I, I, I was safe. You're safe. You're safe. I'm safe. Person. 
And yeah. and Chuck, what's uh, what's what's your wife think? Is she she travels a lot? She travels a lot. Yeah, but oh. she's she's been home the last couple of weeks, and I think she was ready for me to get out of the house on the Tuesday night for a couple hours. And she's like, she's like, yeah, go have fun. She she knows the amount of fun I had the last time we did a podcast. So she's like, yeah. Oh, so she knew a- you were coming to do a podcast. Oh yeah 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 yeah, well? yeah 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 yeah. I told her. So and you actually guys guys centered it around a little little business. Yeah, like it's, it's, you know, we're just trying to help out. We're just trying to trying help, to help a friend. Yeah, trying to help a friend. You know, he needs to fill some fill some air time. I mean, this is work. Yeah, <laughs> work, honey. It's work. It's, <laughs> this is this is work. Hansberry, we're putting on a show every week. In addition to the show that we do Monday through Friday at the radio station, people don't know. People don't know. Sacrifices the sacrifices we make. We make. Now I'm sitting here talking, drinking whiskey. <laughs> I'm not entirely certain I told her we were going to be drinking whiskey during the podcast, although I know she listens to the podcast, so she's probably figured it out, so it was implied. Wait a minute. You're saying your wife listens to this podcast? On she a regular, does. On a regular basis? Yes. Get out. She does. And she likes it? She likes it. Wow. Not after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, that's very flattering. That's very, I'm always, yeah, we get the note to us, Hansberry. We keep getting the complaint, and it's a legitimate complaint, that we do not have enough women on, on a whiskey business because women like whiskey Two. Does your wife like whiskey? No, she can't stand whiskey. <laughs> she absolutely despises right, it. What does she drink? She drinks wine. She drinks wine. But that's what we'll do is like during the summertime, uh, we'll go out on the front or the back porch and I'll open a bottle of wine for whatever. I'll, I'll pour a couple cocktails for myself and we'll listen to one or two of your podcasts and she just cracks up. She loves them. She loves them. Wow. I, I had no idea. Yeah. No idea. Brian, yeah. or Stumpo, Hobbit, yeah. whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> Has your wife listened to any of the podcast yet? She'll listen to this one. She uh, probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, I tried to get her to listen to the one you did with uh, with Bill and the, the Billy Zamora <laughs> things, and I don't think she could get through it. <laughs> we barely got through it. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, Is she, she a whiskey drinker. No, no, she drinks gin. She's a gin drinker. Um, well, that's a, that's a. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tough liquor. I well, mean, and and her actual favorite cocktail is a is a martini, and I make her I make her martinis for her with Bombay Sapphire. I have a whole way it has to be done, and she loves it. So really, oh yeah, you know, I mean, because gin a gin martini is an art form in my in my opinion. It's well, all it's all the, about the process. The martini is a, a definitely an artful cocktail. Yeah, never been a big martini guy personally it, myself. It, it's a process drink, and if you don't do the process right, it's it's going to either taste like pure gin or you're going to ruin it with the uh with the vermouth so you have to do it right and that's why it's i'm not a huge fan of the manhattan unless it's really and that's where i'm probably a little bit of a snob unless it's really made well uh, you know if if it's a shitty manhattan or what i call the lower manhattan yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, then I, I don't care for it see that that brings a point because i can't i i've been dabbling with trying to make a Manhattan. I can't get it right. I have had an amazing Manhattan before, but I can't make one at home that tastes good. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I've tried, my last try at it was with uh, with rye. I tried to do it with some bullet rye, actually. But it, it was all right, but so it was... It, a lot of, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, more yeah. More, the, 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 there's some debate on that. You, you can go either way with the with the old-fashioned, with, with uh, bourbon or rye. I prefer rye. 
Uh, have you discovered, because we're going to get to a, a, a rye before we wrap this up. Do you Have you delved into the rye whiskeys? Because I said, not that I'm taking credit for it, Hansberry, like I like to do from time to time, but I said like six years ago that rye would start to gain in popularity. And everybody said, mm-hmm. oh, I hate rye. My brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, who was a confirmed scotch drinker until he went on a little bourbon trail here when mm-hmm. he was up visiting for an Ohio State game mm-hmm. and then became, talk about a, a student who has surpassed the master. He's gone bourbon crazy. But then I started talking to him uh, about rise. He goes, oh, I don't like rise. Well, we get together every Thanksgiving and it's what we call bourbon palooza. Right. We go up to the Smoky Mountains with the whole family on Thanksgiving and it's just crazy, crazy, crazy bourbon. And he gets, I mean, he's, He's online trading whiskeys with 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 other whiskey enthusiasts. He he got a Blanton's. You like Blanton's? Yeah. He got a Blanton's from Belgium that's Ooh, only available in overseas, Europe. Overseas, yeah, yeah, that's only available in Europe, and it was, uh, it was it was it was heaven. But uh, last year at Thanksgiving, all of a sudden there's like three or four rise. And what's he get me for Christmas? He gets me a Michter's Toasted Rye, which was voted one of the best ryes of the year. And all of a sudden, like, I thought you didn't like ryes. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, so he's sheepishly like, well, there's, there's some. You know, he still <laughs> had to, like, defend himself. But, yeah, I love I love rye whiskey. Yeah. I think rye whiskey is 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 great. So have you have you sampled any of the ryes? Well, I, I've had, I have Templeton's. I've had Templeton's. <clears throat> I destroyed that bottle. But I bought that because I bought a Templeton's, an empty Templeton's barrel. So I thought, if I'm going to have the barrel, i got to have the rye. Yeah. And uh, I actually really, really like that rye in, in the uh, in the four-year form. I have not tried the six-year version. Oh, um, okay. You know what? Um, this is just the regular one? Yeah, the four-year. I yeah. got the six-year. Yeah. For you, my friend, I will I will, I will will pop open the six-year. Okay. All right. Before when we get to it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I have the six and... You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> I am the Oprah. I am the Oprah of whiskeys. You want a six-year Templeton I'll ride? I'll give you a six-year. All right. There's also a 10-year back there. What? They have the fucking 10-year? <laughs> Are we good with that? It's not labeled that no. way. Okay. <laughs> the fucking 10-year. Okay. <laughs> well, well, the point was, I mean, I, I bought the I bought the barrel just because it was a beautiful barrel, and uh, my friend had barrels to sell. But I'm like, if I'm going to have this, i got to get a bottle of it, and it was amazing. I thought it was really good rye. I mean, it's a good lot of vanilla. On that, it's a heavy. Well, hang vanilla. on, hang on. Before we start talking more okay. about the Templeton, yeah, good, good. let me let's finish up the the very old Barton, which was a little thick yeah, for our sommelier. Yeah, but when he heard that the price point was eleven dollars a bottle, <laughs> all of a sudden it got a little thinner. Yeah. <laughs> so let's finish up the very old Barton, and uh, I will put this. I will put this simple bottle of Templeton <laughs> Rye back and bring you the six year. All right, all right. So uh, oh, do you want you want to finish with the the Manhattan? The Man- so yeah. I can't make a Manhattan, and I don't understand why. So I actually I I, I thought maybe I over maybe your whis- maybe your whiskey challenged could be. I may I thought maybe I'm putting too much bitters in, so I cut the bitters back to a single dash of bitters. Didn't like it. I threw some some cherry juice in it from the maraschino cherries. Like, that helped, but I had a Manhattan in in San Diego. They had it like they had a a little mini cask at this hotel mm-hmm. where they made house Manhattans in that. And they just, you know, opened the little thing and 
they poured the Manhattan out and then put like a twist on it. I don't freaking know. And I thought it was an amazing drink. I, and I can't get anything close to that. I don't know. Maybe you're not supposed to. Maybe. Maybe that's supposed to be one of the special things. Maybe that's supposed to be one of the special whiskey wonders that, you know, in order to get it right, you need to go to somebody who who has studied and, and, and can make it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're not supposed to attain that perfection. Otherwise, what do you have left to strive for? I don't know. I, if I, you learn how to make the perfect Manhattan, then where do you go? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> see, well, see, but this thing, I chased that martini. I chased a martini for five years. Yeah. Because I had a martini in... Um, you chased it. Why well, say I chased it? That'd be a great title for a book, Chasing, chasing, the, Mar- chasing, chasing the Martini. I'm well, writing that be, one down. Because I had never had a martini before, and I was in Aruba. And uh, we, we went up to one of the, the bars at the hotel, and my dad ordered a, uh, ate a Bombay martini. And I was like, if this is what a martini tastes like, then I want to drink a martini because it's amazing. And I had one there. And I absolutely loved it. Made Bombay Sapphire. Next time I was back home or whatever, I ordered a martini somewhere, and it tastes like absolute ass. You know, Jim <laughs> Martini. What that, would you make it with? I don't. I don't, I don't think absolute makes an well, ass no. vodka. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just, I, just you know, I, I know they make a lot of different flavors. <laughs> I, I, I don't think they make absolute. Well, a lot ass. of them are on sale right now too. <laughs> but, uh, but I was like, well, well, can you make me a martini with Bombay Sapphire? And they did. And it was still terrible. So I spent a couple of years not like constantly looking, but, you know, researching. How do you make a martini? How do you mix a martini? What do you do this way, that way? And I played and played and played and played until I found the way to concoct a martini that I like it. And it, it, it had the flavor that I was looking for that came from that drink that I had in Aruba. And then I made it for my wife and she loved it so much that, that I'm the only one that can make a martini for her. So, oh, you got that going for yeah, you. Yeah, which is nice. You know, <laughs> it might pay off every now and then. <laughs> you know, the, the longer you go in a marriage or a relationship, the more you need those little things <laughs> exactly. to, to keep you in good standing. Oh, can I make you a martini? <laughs> and back with, uh, well, as far as the podcast goes, our last whiskey of the night. Stay as long as you want. But for the podcast, we'll, we'll wrap things up with, uh, I had just the plain old Templeton rye, but you mentioned the six-year, and I happen to have a bottle of the okay. six-year Templeton rye. I'm a huge fan of the rye whiskeys. Uh, Templeton's rye, originally made in Templeton, Iowa, uh, during the Prohibition era. The Prohibition era? Area? Mm, okay. During the Prohibition era as a way for farmers to supplement their income. Yeah. yeah. Fun fact. It is true. It was Al Capone's favorite. Became popular in Chicago, Omaha, and Kansas City. Now it's distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, using a recipe shared with other brands. So I remember when we brought this one up, I believe it was with Alex Hasty, um, Ohio v. The World, that we first talked about. When we had our Prohibition pro- uh, podcast. Uh, I called it Templeton Lie because they had to remove the label that said prohibition era recipe hmm. and small batch because it wasn't. Oh. So yeah, they got into a little bit of trouble there, but it's still, this is the rye I tell people to, to get as uh, if they, if they think they don't like rye, this is a good introductory rye. I think and, you told me that. Yeah. 
you know, yeah, I think it's a good transitional from bourbon to rye, rye whiskey. Um, I think it's, I, I personally think it's very good. They call it the good stuff. And I made a joke saying, well, now it's now since they had to take the label off, it's now it's the pretty good stuff, but it's still good. And this is the six year. I also have a bottle of 10 year. That was a gift to me, which I haven't opened up, but go ahead, boys, the six year. What do you think? It's nice. It's got, it's got, uh, it's got some spice like you'd expect with a rye. Um, not oh, as yeah, much. That's it, good. I like that. That's good. I, I think the the four year is a heavier vanilla. It's like it's more vanilla and spice. This is less vanilla, more spice. More spice. It's good. More, more it's good analysis. And he's not a sommelier. What's the sommelier say? Delicious. Delicious. Oh man, this it, it's fantastic. I get like mandarin orange, lemon zest. All spice, <laughs> clove. This thing is, and all you delicious. had was vanilla, <laughs> and, and it's got some vanilla too. <laughs> spice, I said spice. <laughs> he did say spice. He did say spice. No, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. And this is the six year one. I haven't had the ten year. Wait, wait. Let me. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> I pick no, I don't, up. I don't, no mandarin orange. No, I, you don't. don't. <laughs> That's a sophisticated palate you have he, he over does. there. This is a man who's studying to be a sommelier, which is no easy task. No, no. So if he picks up Mandarin Orange, I believe him. I believe him too. Believe me. Moving forward <laughs> in our bourbon babble, or now our, I don't know, what will we call the rye? The rye wrap. The rye wrap-up. <laughs> the rye wrap-up, yeah. In summation, gentlemen, a final question. What is your favorite time to drink whiskey is it with friends is it with is it a solitary moment when you're home alone just kind of reflecting on the day is it when you just need to kind of like need some alone time and you want to pour yourself a whiskey i mean there's a lot of different whiskey moments what's your favorite moment to drink a whiskey well no i, I mean i honestly for me interestingly well because i said it, it started with my dad and i so when he and I sit down and, and are trying a new whiskey that we haven't had together, that's my favorite time to have whiskey is it, 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 to drink it with him. So you're bonding with your old man. Yeah. Now, did exactly. you bond with your father uh, through the years on other things? And, and Yeah. Or do you think this is kind of like, this is now it's kind of cool that we're both adults and we found something to bond over? Well, it's kind of the thing we got together. Because I told you you could bring your old man tonight if you wanted to. He's in Aruba. So I was going to bring oh, him. He's well, in Aruba. So. All right. Uh, so. He wins. Yeah. <laughs> It's they're they're there for their anniversary, so good for them. But no, you know, I I, I mean, I think in years back, the first time I went to say the memorial tournament with my dad after I was you know twenty one or whatever, and we, we walked into the bogey and I'm having a beer and I'm sitting there and I'm like I'm having a beer next to my dad and I go ah, no, I feel like an adult, mm -hmm. you know, I'm drinking a beer with my dad and then and then you know he was always a wine person and a scotch person and you know. I, I like wine. I love wine. I don't have the palate that Chuck has. I, I mean, I probably could if I tried to work on it or whatever. I know what I like and I know what I don't like. Um, and I like peaty scotches where my dad likes a, likes a, like an oakier scotch, you know. Okay. So we're kind of on a different spectrum of the scotch, even though we do both like Talisker, which we both do like, but it's not his favorite. But the bourbon thing was, you know – he was always he liked Jack Daniels for a while. He was a Jack Daniels guy. For Jack, a while. We mentioned everyday whiskeys. Everybody knows that Jack Daniels is my yeah. everyday and, whiskey. And I think his thing was, uh, <laughs> I think it was uh, uh, Dirty Harry always drank 
Jack Daniels. Did I don't recall? I don't recall. I don't. Maybe he did. I I can't vouch for that. Maybe it was Dirty Harry. Maybe it was something else that uh, the Clint Eastwood did. Some other movie drank it. I I don't know. I know. I know. uh, Al Pacino drank it in Son of a Woman. I think it would be older than that. Yeah, with my own man. But 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 when I when I when I grabbed a good bourbon, you you know that bottle of Blanton's, it was like that connection we had, and then you know we came the Blanton's hunt that you and I have talked about Uh that just driving all over Pennsylvania or whatever. I mean, he was just there for the the championship game between the Eagles and uh, with the Vikings and came back with like four or five bottles. I don't know. know. Whatever he could buy. So, but it's a hunt for him because he absolutely loves Blanton's, but he loves trying other bourbons as well. So, so for me, it's just a thing to, to, to bond with him on. You know, so that would be your favorite time to drink whiskey. Yeah, when you're bonding with your old man. Yeah, yeah I think that's awesome that you, you know, at, at this point in our lives, that that you can find something to still bond with, you know, with 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 a father. I I envy you in that respect, Chuck. What about you? What's your favorite time to drink whiskey? Going back to Son of a Woman, man, fantastic movie. He'll have a Schlitz, no Schlitz, Blatz, no Blatz, Implervise. <laughs> it's a great movie. You know um, what bothered me about that movie? What? The only thing that bothered me about that movie? Uh, as, as I mentioned, he enjoyed Jack Daniels. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I dabble in filmmaking, and, and continuity is something that makes me crazy in a film. And when he was drinking the Jack Daniels in one particular scene, I kept noticing that throughout the scene that the level of the jack and the glass kept changing one minute it was up to the top next minute when you cut back to it it's down the bottom then it's in the middle and then it's up on top again it made me nuts it kind of took me out of the moment but it's still a great movie great movie and it's a great performance by al pacino not the one he should have won an oscar for i agree but nonetheless i digress so you hate does the Presidio drive you crazy? Because that's got really bad continuity problems. In it. I'd have to watch Presidio again. I've only seen it one time. It's so got I bad wouldn't. continuity problems in a couple scenes. <laughs> it's really bad. With ties coming on and off and shirts being unbuttoned and buttoned. It is bad. Hansberry, make a note. Movies that have shitty continuity for another podcast. <laughs> uh, so, But you still haven't told me what's your favorite time to drink whiskey. You know what? I, I don't know if there's a favorite time. It's just it's something that I think you go to in a moment. Like it I've had some of my most introspective moments with a glass of whiskey with a mm-hmm. with a big rock in it. And it's it's a moment where you can just kind of think about think about what you've done or what you want to do or where you've been and just kind of wrap up your thoughts without answering to anyone or Mm -hmm. you know it's just kind of you and and that cocktail at that moment with that rock in it and you get to swirl it around a little and time kind of stands still yeah so i wouldn't say that there's a particular good time or bad time there's just you're just kind of living in that moment with whatever is going on around you there's some uh Nostalgia is that? There's some romance in the yeah. in, in there, you know, in, in the whiskey. Yeah, I agree. There are moments, there are times where I pour myself one just to, like you said, reflect <laughs> and think. Um, when I write, I know it's a cliche, but uh, when I write, um, I I, uh, I pour pour some whiskey and and light a cigarette, and 
I usually take one puff off the cigarette. It burns down to the filter before I put it out, and I take one sip of whiskey. But I don't drink a, a lot of whiskey, even though I, I have my favorite quote from Ernest Hemingway up on the wall. You know, write drunk, edit sober. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great quote. But I think my favorite time, and it's going to sound a little corny, Hansberry, but I think my favorite time is times like this. When, you know, you've got a, a good whiskey, but what, what you've got even better uh, people to drink it with. So whatever you're drinking at that particular point in time kind of falls to the wayside. And it ends up being more about the moment that you've got with friends. You know, you start talking, you start laughing. We've had a lot of laughs tonight. We've had some good chat tonight. And I think, you know, I think that's probably my favorite time to drink whiskey. There are interesting other times where I appreciate the whiskey, but this, this whiskey business and, and times when we're not doing the podcast or I'm just hanging with my buddies, we're all members of the Columbus Italian club. We have great times down there, uh, nursing cocktails and talking and laughing and busting balls. And I think those are the best moments for me personally. So, um, yeah, it's nice that whiskey can be that and, you know, I know that there are evils of the drink that we don't need to get into tonight and so forth and so on because, thank God, none of us are in that position. But this is this is good. This is, you know, they call Templeton Rye the good stuff. This, tonight, people, is the good stuff. So thank you, gentlemen, for, uh, for some bourbon babble tonight and making a, a true whiskey business podcast for this evening, which was just about the, the love of whiskey. Just because. Just because. Just because. Just because. So thank you, and um, I'll see you guys soon. All right. Thanks, Dana. Yeah. All right. So let me say a couple things before we wrap it up and thank our sponsors. One again, the law offices of Saya and Pyatt. If you need anything uh, from them, you can contact them at 614-444-3036 and say that Whiskey Business is a Never the Luck production recorded with the cooperation of the Columbus Radio Group. All the opinions on tonight's podcast and any of the podcasts that you may listen to. There's a bunch, by the way. We strongly suggest that you, if you do listen, that you rate and review because that helps us uh, spread the whiskey business. Yeah, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate and review because that, that helps spread the word about the Whiskey Business Podcast, which has increased in listenership, and I thank you so much for that. So, uh, yeah, all the opinions are those of me, your humble host, Dino Tripodos, and my reluctant guests, or sometimes not so reluctant, uh, (laughs) and are never meant to offend, only to entertain and inform. And so, until the next bottle, see ya. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 